something that's really big in the world right now is gratitude, gratefulness. And, and I'm very into that. And a, a part of that is understanding money and lifestyle. One of the key things that I've always believed in is that you will be happier if you contain your lifestyle so that you can afford to do the things that you want to do and you want to do the things that you can afford to do. All right. Right. And I was living in Los Angeles in my 20s and I saw how incredibly expensive it was to live there. And one of the reasons I moved to Baltimore is I wanted to be able to have a nice lifestyle without having to have a tremendous amount of money. And look, I'm all in favor of having a tremendous amount of money, but a lot of the decisions that you're going to make are going to be driven by what makes you happy. And if what makes you happy is very expensive, okay, but be prepared for the cost of that, the life cost of that, not just the financial cost of that. And that then plays okay. back into what do you want? How much does it cost? Can you be happy with wanting things that you can afford? And that all funnels back into great things. Hey, law firm owners, welcome to the Your Practice Master podcast. We're your hosts. I'm MPS. And I'm Richard James. And Michael, today I'm excited because maybe I shouldn't be so excited because I think he can now beat me on the golf course because he's playing more golf than I am anymore. This is a man that I consider a friend. He's a past member of our world, and he's now gone to build yet another business. And I can't wait to hear all about his journey. Ron Drescher, great to have you on today. Thanks. This is really wonderful. I, I'm, I'm so happy and excited to be here with you. So how many well, days a week are you playing golf, by the way? I am playing golf three days a week. Play on Thursdays with a senior league of guys who are over the age of 61. I'm 64 now. Uh, I play on Friday afternoons with a guy who's another lawyer that I met on a bankruptcy case. And we also play on Sunday mornings. He is the one guy I know who is more of a golf lunatic than me. Now, is your handicap coming down? My handicap is at 11 right now. And okay. sometimes I'm that good. Nice. Yeah, sometimes you're that guy that they go, you're not an 11. There's no way you're an 11. You're a sandbagger because you're playing too good. Someday you're going to come down to North Carolina and we're going to play together. And I bet you're going to be an 11. You're going to play like a six. And that's what's going to happen. I, you know what? Your mouth to God's ear. <laughs> true that true that ron you know what obviously we've got the opportunity to have known you over time but for everyone that's listening what's maybe something that not everyone knows about you i have a rating system for fried chicken five stars four stars <laughs> three stars oh, two stars true. one star all right not everybody knows that about me oh. In fact, I put that oh, on my website and that I'm a fried chicken fanatic and I signed up for Next Chapter and I've done a lot of work with Next Chapter, a bankruptcy software uh, package. And they sent me yeah. a candle yeah. with a fried chicken aroma to it. So that's something that people <laughs> don't really know about. Me. <laughs> I got to ask, I got to ask, what... What has achieved a five on your scale? Do you have one big one that's achieved a five? 
There used to be a place in LA when I was there in the 70s and 80s called the Golden Bird. And it was on my way home from the airport. So anytime I would have somebody visit me when I was in LA, I picked them up from the airport. And before we got home, we stopped by the Golden Bird to pick up however much chicken we felt like we were going to be able to eat that time. I was in my 20s. It was a good thing to do on the way back from the airport. I love that. Michael, where would the best fried chicken be here? I don't even know. There was one that we had and it closed because, I don't know, it was next to that ice cream shop Price's down in Dilworth chicken there. Coop. And I wanted... Yeah, Price's Chicken Coop. What was it called? Yeah. Price's Chicken Coop. Yeah, that, that's a good... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to retest it. I got, you know, good wing spots, but fried chicken. I don't, that's a, that's a tough one. We'd have to go hammer the market again, yeah. which I'm happy to do. I'm now on a mission. I'm going to go find one. It's that's a it. worthy right. mission. <laughs> it is a worthy mission. It's, yes. a worthy mission. it's it not sure probably is. very good for our cardiovascular system, but it's a worthy mission. <laughs> True. Ron, so Look, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about this, um, but for everyone listening, broad strokes, why don't you talk a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneurial attorney? You know what? I'm going to pick it up from the time I left the Richard James program, all right? Because that was okay. a turning point in my life. It opened my eyes to a whole bunch of ways, and it helped me really understand that there was nothing more important in life than knowing what you want. Know what you want, all right? And it doesn't matter. You want, and Richard said something that I thought there was bias to it, and I, I've come to see it on a deeper level. Richard said, you know what, you could be an entrepreneur and build something out that would survive you, or you can stay small and keep it all. And when I first heard that, I thought, I'm not going to stay small and keep it all because I felt that there was a bias against that approach. But then I came to learn that there was no bias. That's a legitimate approach. That's the approach that ultimately I chose for my practice. I went from having seven people working for me in my office to now it's just me. I have an assistant. I have a, a paralegal service that I work with, and I work about three hours a day on my practice, <laughs> and I make all the money I need to make. I work out of the, my living room, and it's a legitimate law office, and I can prove that because we have a high-speed scanner copier, and that <laughs> is what proves that you have a legitimate <laughs> law office, even though we're so paperless nowadays, but it's a high-speed scanner copier. I've got one in my living room, so it's a legit law office. So at one point- Can, I, can recall, I stop you from you? Can you go there? Absolutely. Why, why? So why, what is it in your mind that allowed, because so, so remember, there's an attorney listening to this right now that thinks that they're supposed to grow their law firm big. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what's expected of them, that they can't see past the opportunity of keeping it small, keeping it all, because they might see that as a failure. 
What helped you gain the insight that it is not a failure to make the purposeful choice to keep it small and keep it all and work, develop a lifestyle law firm that gives you the money that you need and then allows you to go do all the other things that you want to do? What helped you cross that chasm in your brain? Believe it or not, it was my resistance to replacing myself in the consult room which was a thing that you and I have talked about repeatedly over the years. And whenever I have a feeling about a thing or a resistance to it, I want to understand why I have that resistance so that either I can overcome it or lean into it. So the reason why I had that resistance is that I love it. I love the consult. I love interacting with the clients and helping them solve their problems and delving into legal issues and being a lawyer. I love it. So I said, you know what? Okay, I'm going to lean into that. And so what I did was I've been steadily raising my hourly rate. I'm up to $400 or $500 an hour, which is a little mind-boggling when you think about it. But the truth is, when I tell people, yeah, my hourly rate's $400 an hour. Listen, if I work three hours a day, if I could bill and collect all three hours and I'm going to work four days a week, what is that? That's, I don't know. What's the math? That's $5,000 a it's week, right? Plenty. Public math. So <laughs> I, can, I can live on $5,000 a week. And even after my expenses knock that down to $3,000 a week. I can live on $3,000 a week. I can live pretty well on $3,000 a week. I don't need more than that. And so I'm a big believer in self-knowledge. Know yourself. Know what's important to you and lean into that. And your program, that was one of the first things. You sent this questionnaire at the beginning where you say, what's the view of your life from 30,000 feet? What do you really want out of life? And, and I continue to struggle with that. What do I really want out of life? Um, what do I want today? I took up the guitar recently. March 19th, oh. I picked up the guitar for the first time. Every morning, I, I, I have a uniform. I have a guitar-playing uniform. I wear my sweats. I wear my Checkmate sweatshirt because I'm a chess player also. I have slippers that are golf slippers. I make a cup of coffee, I sit in the room, and I play guitar for about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes every morning. And, and I love it. It makes me happy. And what's my goal? My goal is someday to be able to meet other guitar players, other musicians, and be able to comfortably play with them. Eric Clapton's got nothing to worry about from me. <laughs> hey, do you remember Mike Chastain? Of course, I follow him on social media when I'm on social media. Okay, so Mike Chastain, we interviewed Mike Chastain, and he, he, much like you, has transitioned out of his primary law firm as being the primary thing that takes up his time, and his focus is music. And so there must be something about this. I've always believed that attorneys have this cre real natural creative side to them. And so it doesn't shock me that music, you at one point, and maybe you still are, were a script writer, if I remember. And, and so you have a very creative streak to you. If I remember correctly, 
if I'm not mistaken, your son is in either was in movie editing or editing of, the, of some sort, if I'm not mistaken. And so my it's in that same vein. My son is the therapy gecko. <laughs> my son he, is the therapy. He is the therapy gecko. He just finished a, a 51 city, 62 date world tour as the therapy gecko. He's got an exclusive arrangement with Sirius XM radio. He's got 579,000 followers on Instagram. My, and Richard, I hope you have this someday, what I'm about to say. I'm in awe of my son. And what I better agree. thing can a dad say than he's in awe of his son? I'm also in awe of my daughter because she's amazing too. But my son has done something remarkable, and I am in awe of him. And I feel tremendous success in my life because I have that feeling about my child. Is this, am I, is this him? That's him. Yep. Therapy Gecko. Oh, that's great. It's remarkable. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it is. That is seriously awesome. Yeah. I sorry, I've completely derailed us. I've completely derailed us, Michael. I, and I took you off your journey, Ron. So I want to let you get back to your journey and your story about what's picked up from there. So let me pick it up back from where you left off about how you got your firm to be keep it small, keep it all. So COVID hit, and we were all sitting around. I was playing a ton of chess online, and I started getting calls from other lawyers because everybody thought that bankruptcy was going to be the next hot big practice area. Of course, in retrospect, we know it didn't happen that way. But mm -hmm. at the time, everyone said, what? Do you know of any courses or anything that non-bankruptcy lawyers can take to become bankruptcy lawyers? And at the time, I was not aware of them. And I have become aware of some resources, but nothing amazing. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to create that course because I love to create mm. video content. So I created a video course called Complete Bankruptcy that has substantive bankruptcy law, that has uh, systems, that has marketing, that has forms, that has a mastermind. I lead a mastermind twice a month and it's for rising bankruptcy lawyers. It's not, look, I'm not going to train like top level bankruptcy lawyers. I, they don't need me. They know what they're doing already. People just out of law school or people just out on their own, right. or you've got a law firm that hires young lawyers who aren't bankruptcy lawyers. Those are the lawyers that I want to work with. And my slogan is I train them so that you don't have to. Hmm. And That's I've great. been running this mastermind for twice a month since June of 2020. And I had a huh. really active YouTube channel which I have not added to because I've been continuing to create content. I do these masterminds twice a month. I record them all. I put them on. It's behind a paywall, but I put them on this course. And, and I spoke at an event called Bankruptcy Week that was hosted by Next Chapter. And I ended up with 500 leads and 100 lawyers signed up. And then, of course, it dwindled down because bankruptcy didn't become the practice area it was supposed to become. But about a year or so ago, I started thinking, you know what, bankruptcy is going to come back. And I could take the core of my program, 
and make it a little bit more non-lawyer friendly. And I could use it for training non-lawyers in law firms, paralegals, legal assistants, law firm closers for bankruptcy. And so I created that program called Team Accelerator. And I'm starting to sell that. And I sell that on a few different tiers. And I'm not going to go too heavily into it. But I've had a lot of law firms sign up for their staff and their team members and gone through the program. And I'm getting good feedback from it. And you gave me some good feedback before we started. And that's exciting for me to hear. Look, I've got 135 people taking these courses now. Um, That's awesome. Perfect. And it's awesome. And we're just starting to launch a big marketing push over the next couple of months because bankruptcy is coming back. Someday, yep. bankruptcy is coming back. And so more people are going to be into it. More people who are bankruptcy lawyers are going to lean into it. More people are going to do the things that your guys are doing, which is training them in the closing room, training non-lawyers to close. And I say, you know what? If I'm a bankruptcy lawyer and I'm going to take the leap into having a non-bankrupt, a non-lawyer close, I want to have at least some comfort level that they understand the vocabulary of bankruptcy, at least. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Team Accelerator will help them have. And that's That's part of my goal. So it's so born out of necessity, right? To a certain extent, COVID like happened in a lot of areas and looked at opportunity ended up not being what it was, but nonetheless made a bunch of sales now pivoted and said, Hey, there's more to this than meets the eye. If it worked for this, it could work for that. And now pivoted over to this next chapter and helping law firms understand how to train their team members. My question for you is, so now we've got the law firm that you serve your clients and you work a lot with creditors mainly still. Is that right? You work with debtors too, or what side of the practice are you working on now? You know what? Anything that touches bankruptcy, I do. Debtor work, creditor work, consumers, businesses. So you got your three hours a day in that, and then you've got your, however many hours you're dedicating to the new launch and your existing mastermind members. What, what, what's, what is it like, I guess the one question I would ask you for the person that's listening, right? Maybe they too have a great idea about their practice area. And they've always thought about being a teacher of the practice area to other lawyers or non-attorneys, staff, whatever in their particular field, whatever it is. Or maybe they've got some idea about the practice of law in whatever aspect. And they're thinking maybe it's got value to somebody and they want to go out there and do it. A lot of those people were born during the COVID era. And so how do you balance both like how do you prioritize how do you balance both is one just a more of a passion that you have more passion towards one and the other do you just treat them equal like how do you manage both things in your life i do what my wife tells me to do <laughs> that was a half joke it's a full joke because i do what my wife tells me to do do you know something there have been a few times i wanted to quit from complete bankruptcy during the very slow days of the bankruptcy world And I had about 11 people in the mastermind and it's up since then. Mm -hmm. And I had two people showing up at my sessions and I was depressed about that. And my wife said, you know what? Gyms don't close just because people aren't showing up. People are still paying you. (laughs) 
And then we made the decision as a family, the two of us, to lean into this. Yeah. So I was half joking, but I talk about everything with my wife because I'm a big mm-hmm. believer in teams, team concept. So that's one answer. Another thing is always focus on what you want. Know what you want because it's your life. It's nobody else's life. And, and if you recognize what you want, you need to prioritize that. Uh, don't prioritize what other people want because then you're, first of all, you're not, you're doing something you don't want. You're not doing what you do want. All right. And, and that's a recipe for unhappiness. So always try to focus on what you want to do and prioritize that because that way you've done what you wanted to do that day. I think for some people, I I, I put myself in this camp. Michael, I don't know if you can answer it yourself, but I think sometimes it's hard for us to know what we want sometimes. It sounds like such an easy thing to do, but sometimes it can be hard. How did you learn the process of, or how did you, what did you do to figure out what it is that you wanted to get clear on that? Something, it's not an easy thing. It's a very hard and. Here's what commitment is. Commitment is not only saying yes to one thing, but it's saying no to everything else. And that's really scary, you know, because, you know, we want to live a rich, full, exciting life. And we see all of these different opportunities, these bright, shiny objects. We want to grab them. But commitment is the key. Without commitment, there is no success. And frankly, I believe that with commitment, you will eventually find success. May not always be in the format that you think it's going to be, but that's why that's, I've used the phrase leaning in several times during this call, because that's what commitment is all about. It's leaning into something. So how do you find the balance? It's scary. It's scary. You say no to everything else, but do it. It'll work out. You'll see. Yeah. I think that's great. I also think part of finding what you want is understanding what you don't want, right? So knowing what you don't want. And I think that can help in the pursuit of figuring out what ultimately it is that you do, which I think is great advice. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that, but you don't want to look too hard at what you don't want, right? You want to recognize that you don't want it and then leave it behind and move forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think you're spot on with that. I'm curious because you had mentioned that commitment breeds success or will eventually lead in some form to success, depending on the format. Speaking of success, what are some of the things that, Ron, you do on a daily basis now that help contribute to your continued and sustained success? First of all, I do what I want. That's the key, right? (laughs) That's the key. And I ruminate on what I want, thinking about it all the time. I had a law professor who said, you know what? When you own a building, you don't own that. You own the building, of course, but that building has a value. And every day that you don't sell that building and take the cash and use it for something else, you're investing in that building. So I look at that, I think, wait a sec, I'm reinvesting in my life 
every day. So I need to make sure that I'm investing in the things that are important to me and that are valuable to me. And so I meditate on that. And I don't sit and meditate saying OM and do all that stuff. But I certainly respect that as a way that people find meaning in their lives. But I'm constantly thinking about what are the things that are important to me today? Has it changed from yesterday? And you do you change, you grow, you refocus, things come across you. Look, a person who might be your very best friend is, might be in another country doing something completely different. You're not going to meet them for five years. But in five years, your paths are going to cross. That person's going to become your very best friend for the rest of your life. You don't even know that now. All right. So be open mm. to different opportunities that are going to come your way. They're going to cause you to re-explore and re-examine your priorities and what's important. I could talk for a long time about this kind of stuff because it's critical. No, that's Understanding yourself and self-examination is critical. I'm curious, Ron, are you listening to any podcasts or reading any books that you recommend that's something that you turn to? Or what do you do for self-education these days? Right now, my most of my self-education is spent learning the guitar. So I watch videos ah, and I yeah. listen. And in fact, I don't know if you can see this here. Can you see? I have this callus here, this callus, and I've, I've got oh, calluses yeah. here on my fingers. And those are guitar calluses. All right. So what am I doing? I, I'm learning guitar skills. And what else? What am I also doing? I'm not learning so much golf skills. And I'm not learning so much books. I do nonfiction, but right now I'm focused on the guitar because it brings me joy. And there's another thing that I realized. Life is about joy. That's it. That's it. Life is about joy. All right. Identify what is joyful to you. It's another way of saying, what do you want? All right. What brings you joy? And that's the gift. That, all right, that's the gift. That is the gift of life. The planet that we live on offers us infinite opportunities to obtain joy. And it is our journey to find and discover the joy that is available in life. And that's one of the great gifts of the world, joy. Michael, I don't know about you, but it feels to me like I can clearly tell that Ron is filled with joy and enjoying Absolutely. himself on a daily basis. Yeah, I think it's I, fantastic. And that's the thing. Look, I'm 64 years old and in 16 years, I can run for president. <laughs> so I'm a but, young guy. Yeah. You're young yeah, guy, yeah absolutely. You are. <laughs> absolutely. You are. Ron, I'm going to ask you because I'm curious there might be something outside of it. And I feel like we've got a pretty good picture of what's got you excited. But is there anything that's got you fired up and excited today? Don't devalue the daily pleasures. They're critical because I love these time travel movies. Right? Because there's a concept that time is this linear thing. 
And time is just a series of moments that are occurring as we proceed through life. So there are things that give you pleasure in life. Enjoy them, lean into them, look forward to them, share them with people. That's where I'm at. I'm all about the presence and a series of wonderful moments in life that equate to a life well lived. I don't know that this conversation, I hope this conversation is in line with what you all are doing with the goals of your podcast. Um, but yeah, caught me on a philosophical afternoon. That's what happens when you're sitting at the golf course. But besides the point, (laughs) I would tell you that your answer to your question that you didn't necessarily ask is yes, absolutely. What your message is, is in direct line with the goal of our podcast, because the goal of our podcast is to inspire, provide hope and a glimpse for another law firm owner like you, who's going through something like or dislike what you're going through. And here's what you have to say. And you unlock something in them that they didn't realize previously existed. And you give them that aha moment and they can take this and build from it. And so that's what this podcast is all about. One human talking to another human that just you happen to have a bar card like they have a bar card. You happen to own a law firm like they own a law firm. And so that's the mission. And today, Ron, I will tell you that thankfully you gave us a glimpse other than what they hear a lot around here. And what they hear a lot around here is, oh, the systems that ran my business and the people that ran my systems and the numbers we have to measure and how we got there and how we tested. And all all those things are great. And and they're very tactical approaches to running a business. But what you delivered today was a message that was, look, let's get really clear on what you do want. Let's figure out what you don't want. Don't spend a lot of time there. Get clear on what you do want to do. Go do more of that. Do less of the things you don't want to do. Build a life that supports the lifestyle that you want. Let's chase joy on a daily basis. Let's embrace the suck sometimes because it's going to happen. But but let's embrace, let's journey towards this joy and let's try to be present. You used a word that so few people use. Let's be present in today, into this moment. And if we could all learn to do that, life would be so much better for everybody. Wars would go away, strife would go away, joy would go through the roof because we would all learn to be present. And it's hard. It's not easy. It takes purposeful attraction to it and purposeful willingness to say no to everything else that's a distraction away from it. And I got to be honest, I didn't know that's where this conversation was going to go today. But I got to say thank you. I got to say I I appreciate you. Do we have a minute for me to to make another observation? Something that's really big in the world right now is gratitude, gratefulness. And and I'm very into that. And a a part of that is understanding money and lifestyle. One of the key things that I've always believed in is that you will be happier if you contain your lifestyle so that you can afford to do the things that you want to do. And you want to do the things that you can afford to do. All right. Right. And I was living in Los Angeles in my 20s. And I saw how incredibly expensive it was to live there. And one of the reasons I moved to Baltimore is I wanted to be able to have a nice lifestyle without having to have a tremendous amount of money. And look, I'm all in favor of having a tremendous amount of money. But 
a lot of the decisions that you're going to make are going to be driven by what makes you happy. And if what makes you happy is very expensive, okay, but be prepared for the cost of that, the life cost of that, not just the financial cost of that. And that then plays yeah. back into what do you want? How much does it cost? Can you be happy with wanting things that you can afford? And that all funnels back into gratefulness. Mm. Awesome. We could just chunk that section out right there, Michael, and it could be a lesson in and yeah. of Yeah. Oh, it is so good. Ron, re really appreciate the different perspective on here today. It was refreshing to hear just a new perspective on things, which is excellent. But we appreciate you taking the time to be on today. And to all the law firm owners listening, if you enjoyed today, which man, there was a lot to enjoy, make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on where you're watching or listening, turn those bell notifications on, and then just show Ron some love down in the comments below. Let us know your thoughts. Just even a job well done by Ron. But again, Ron, we appreciate it. My pleasure. If there's a way that, oh, sorry, I apologize. There was a slight delay there. I wanted to give you the opportunity, Ron, to let people know how to get a hold of you. I don't think you should give your cell phone number because a number of people watch this, but what way would you like them to get a hold of you if they want to learn more about you or the paralegal service training service you're running? Or try info at dresherlaw.com. That's dresherlaw, D-R-E-S-C-H-E-R-L-A-W.com. Like all of us, I'm on my phone constantly. I'm checking emails. You'll reach me. I'll respond. I would love to hear from you. And I'm excited now. I'm going to have to do a jam with Mike Chastain. Oh, you absolutely. definitely have to do a jam yes. with Mike Chastain. There's yes. no question. Absolutely. There's no absolutely. question. Yeah, he's going to be so happy. He's going to be so happy. You may remember he lives out in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico now. Sure. And he's, right. he's going to a local community college to take some advanced courses in music. And he gets together, I think he said, like on Sundays, and they come over and they craft music together at his house. And so, yeah, you definitely got to connect with Mike and maybe go out and see his place in Santa Fe or what have you, but or just jam over the internet, whatever it is. But yeah, you guys, should definitely, you, you'll really enjoy that conversation. Yeah, good. Absolutely. Hey, it was a Absolutely. pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Congratulations on building a business that you kept it small and kept it all. And congratulations on the new leg of your business and on the ways that you're going to continue to help law firms train their teams to be able to be more efficient, better employees and better workers so everybody can find some more joy within their daily work. I appreciate you and what you do for the world that we live in, my friend. Thank you much. And I'll continue to look for you on TikTok. <laughs> all right. All right.